This is the MLW Radio Network. Primetime with Sean Mooney is brought to you by SeatGeek. Stay tuned, and I'm going to tell you how you can get $20 off your first purchase. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there is a better, simpler way to buy, and that is with SeatGeek. Welcome to Primetime with Sean Mooney, coming off a great episode with Kevin Von Erich. I hope you caught it. Uh, Kevin is uh, the only surviving member of the famed Von Erich family, as you all know, and we got some great insight from Kevin. We talked about his brothers uh, and just who they were and the tremendous loss and grief that he's had to live with all these years. Uh, It's fantastic, though. He's now uh, found peace living in Hawaii. And uh, his sons are carrying on the business of professional wrestling and the Von Erics. Um, I just returned from a whirlwind trip back east. I started out in the land of the WWE, caught up with my pals uh, Edge and Christian. I had a blast shooting uh, and being part of season two. Uh, They're very, very very busy uh, getting that uh, season done, season two, of the Edge and Christian show that reeks of awesomeness. I can't give you any details right now about the specific episode I will be on, but trust me, it is a very entertaining episode. Uh, Thanks, fellas. And folks, stay tuned for more as we get closer to that show debuting on the WWE Network. I also had a couple of appearances back there that were a lot of fun in New England, and I uh, met up with some great people, ran into some old friends. And along the way, you know what I did? Uh, I, uh, Whenever I go somewhere and I can grab some stuff to give away, I do it. And uh, I'm very excited to be back so that I can start giving that stuff away. So here it is. Listen to this. I am so excited about this giveaway we're going to have. I'm calling it the Super Superstar Autograph Giveaway featuring autographs from some of your favorite superstars who include, listen to this, Ted DiBiase, Demolition, uh, Repo Man, an autograph from Repo Man, Coco Beware, Jimmy Hart, uh, Tatanka, uh, Mr. X, and Danny Davis. Now, these are all separate autographs, pictures, right? Now, you have a chance to win one of those pictures. We are going to give away a bunch. Uh, Here's how you do it. You go to our YouTube page, right? Primetime with Sean Mooney, and subscribe if you haven't already. That's the easy part. All you have to do is go to primetimemooney.com, and it'll take you right there, primetimemooney.com. After that, I want you to share your favorite episode or clip, your favorite episode or clip from the YouTube channel uh, that we have up there, and share it on Facebook. We want you to uh, share it on Facebook or Twitter using the hashtag PTSM. That's hashtag PTSM. And listen to this. We're not just going to have one winner. We're not going to have two winners. We're going to have five winners. Five winners are going to be randomly chosen. And listen to this. gets even better. You, you get to choose which autographed picture you want. Okay? You want me to say that again? Five winners, randomly chosen, and you get to choose the autograph of one of those pictures that I just mentioned. They're autographed pictures. The genuine deal. You get to pick it. So go to the YouTube page. Go to the YouTube channel. Subscribe, right? And then pick an episode or a clip there that you love and share that on Twitter or Facebook using the hashtag PTSM. Hashtag PTSM. All right. Another great episode this week. Former WWF superstar Paul Roma is going to join us. Uh, Paul is a pretty amazing guy. 
and certainly knows better than anyone just how tough it is to make it in the WWE end, the world of professional wrestling. He's got a great story to tell. We're going to get to that conversation in just a minute, but uh, before we get there, Father's Day is coming up, right? And most likely, you haven't picked up that special gift for your dad. Am I right? Well, fear not, because Mooney is here to help. Now, you know, it's my job to keep up with what is happening in the world, and I didn't have to do much research to find out dads don't want bad cologne or ugly ties or another pair of socks for Father's Day. I just did a piece on this. I'm not kidding. And this is what I found out. Dads don't want bad gifts. You know what they want? They want to spend time with their kids. So, are you ready to find out how to make your dad very happy on June 17th? The two top things dads want is a meal out with their kids and going to a live event like a concert or a sporting event. I'm not kidding. You can look it up. They want to go out. They want to spend time with their kids. So, why don't you take your dad to a concert or a sporting event? All you have to do is... Get the SeatGeek app. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you those bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with total confidence. Now make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Now, you just have to go and download that SeatGeek app and guess what? I'm gonna make it even better because all my listeners, my loyal listeners, are gonna get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do after you download the app is enter the promo code PRIMETIME. That's promo code PRIMETIME, and you are going to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So make your pappy happy. Get him tickets to a concert or a sporting event near you. Do it today. All righty, time for another great conversation here on PTSM. Time to connect with Paul Roma. Ding, ding, ding. I have mentioned many times before just how tough it is to make it in the WWF, WWE, back in the golden era, as we refer to it, one that everybody loves to talk about, the 80s and the 90s. But Paul Roma fought for everything he could get along the way, finding great success in both tag team and singles competition. We will certainly be more specific. But, Paul, thank you so much for coming on Primetime with Sean Mooney. How are you, my friend? I'm very good, man. Thank you for having me. You know, it's a pleasure. We go way back and uh, you're a super nice guy then. And I don't think you've changed one bit. Well, you know, uh, folks, we actually ran into each other uh, this past week in uh, Rhode Island. And I I have to tell you, uh, Paul, you have not aged a day. I mean, people say, hey, Mooney, you're looking pretty good, but good men standing next to you. I mean, really, not only do you look great, but but obviously you keep in great in great condition. What I mean, what what's your secret? What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I just stay the course. Yeah, you know, I enjoy life. Um, happy every day that I wake up. You know, yeah. nice to see my kids, and um, yeah, I just enjoy it. You know, eat well, train best that I can. A lot of injuries, you know, but um, I uh, work around them. You know, uh, and a lot of guys didn't take care of the machine when they were with the WWF, WWE back then. Uh, did you, you know, were you aware at that point in time? Because 
what I've come to find out, you know, the guys I talk out to uh, talk to, um, that you know, the ones that whose bodies are really just wrecks, uh, you know, they just took so much abuse and, um, you know, for a number of reasons, not just what the abuse you took in the ring, but also stuff they put into their bodies. Uh, were you aware at the time, though, just uh, you know, about uh, taking care of yourself back then? Yeah, I was, um, and, and a lot of the guys, you know, as we call them, the boys, um, yeah. you know, they'd ask me. You know, a lot of questions. Um, you know, I tried to uh, eat right, train well, damn there every day, especially mm-hmm. when I got with uh, Hercules. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were both into training, so it was a beautiful thing. I don't think we missed uh, many days on the road training. But, you know, like I told them, I said, listen, you know, this is the edge. You know, we, we keep the edge on people um, by keeping our bodies in shape and, you know, multitude of, you know, be it protein drinks and, BCAAs, you know, amino acids, um, you know, vitamins, uh, you know, we had, I had a separate bag just for all that stuff. Really? So, uh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we took pride in it and, um, you know, that was longevity for us, you know, body heals faster. You're getting older, uh, takes longer to heal. Uh, and it all depends on injuries. And, you know, we worked many days as a lot of the guys did with, with injuries. We just, we didn't, uh, mask them you know, with painkillers, we endured and, um, tried to get home for those three days and heal as fast as we could and go back out on the road again. You know, but a lot of the guys, they did, uh, you know, some more than others, uh, either experimented or did use, used, uh, you know, PEDs on a regular basis. Uh, I don't know if you, if you, uh, how into them you were, if you ever used them, but I can't imagine you'd be in the shape that you're in now if, if you did. Yeah, no, I mean, everything was, um, I mean, I don't know, uh, who, who did, um, for the most part, um, you know, you could assume I can't say, you know, maybe one or two people like say I actually witnessed, but, um, yeah, well, I mean, Paul, I mean, I'm sure you probably know, but that's not your business to tell, you know, uh, what they did to themselves or not. But, um, the, the, the thing that the point of it is, yeah. But the point of it is, did, did you have, uh, you know, did you do different things as far as people now today, like for example, with, uh, yoga and, and doing stretching and that kind of thing. Um, it sounds like you were a student of all this. So did you do a lot of different things or was it basically just banging metal and, uh, you know, doing supplements or whatever that, that, uh, made you stronger? I mean, did you do other things as well? Yeah, well, I mean, I, um, a lot of, a lot of things, you know, like when I met Ray and it's the best way to put it, um, he trained in a certain way and I showed him, I said, well, let's just try this, uh, see if you like it and, um, you know, train my way, just, just try it. So he did. And he goes, wow, that's really different. And, uh, I think that was so Brian Pillman said it best. He goes, you know what? He goes, I watch you train in the gym. You do the most unorthodox crap in the world, but damn it. If you ain't the strongest guy I've ever seen. Uh. And I said, well, yeah. So what I did was, you know, put it in a nutshell. I found the hardest, but most efficient way to work every muscle. So while guys go in and just do curls, I worked the inside, the outside, um, the middle, I worked every part of the muscle that I could work. Yeah. And that stimulates a lot of growth. You know, I did heavy days, light days, which changed reps and, you know, um, 
kept you uh, as far as like people just say, dude, you wrestled for an hour, you didn't sweat. Yeah, because I was in shape. Yeah, that's why you know, uh, and drink, smoke, didn't do drugs. I don't do that stuff. Uh, and Ray started to follow suit, and he loved it. You know, he said he was never, never so strong. So, are we? Are you talking like when you guys got together in uh, you know ninety, or were you close to him before that? Um, it, it's funny. I thought about this the other day. I was actually, you know, think about him. I talked to him damn every day uh, uh to me he's still here yeah. uh, he may not be physically here but it's like you know a lot of people might be physically in front of you but you can still talk to them um so what it, what it comes down to um you know like with ray and everything is we um how can i say this i don't know how to put it um I don't know. We we were anomalies. Uh, we had to be better than everybody else. We had to do things better than everybody else. Um, mm-hmm. I said it at the you know at the Hall of Fame. Uh, these these people can't grasp uh, the understanding that 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 we had. You know, mm-hmm. within, we are away from our families. So what are you doing so great with your life? Right. I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, you're making money. That's great. Everybody's making money. But you had to stand out. Uh, nobody got me in the door. I didn't have any family members that wrestled before me to make my life easier. Um, if people want to knock me, they can. But they have to look back and say, well, could they have gotten as far as I did? You know? No. Yeah. Did, did uh, you know, Vince like when people made something happen? No. He always wanted to be the inventor. Mm-hmm. He always wanted to be the guy behind the scene that made it happen. Yeah. Uh, and he couldn't do that with us. We made it happen. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to get more into, you know, we'll talk about that, the, the power and glory uh, teaming of you and Ray. But, um, you know, Paul, I'm always fascinated on, on the path you guys traveled to get to even a point where, you know, uh, you can, you're can you among the elite uh, of the uh, profession, professional wrestling world. And, um, and, and as you mentioned, uh, you know, it's uh, I, how tough it is. I mean, really to, to be among even that group, uh, I've said it before that, you know, at that point in time, you might've had, uh, you might've had, you know, 60 roster, uh, members and you talk about incredible competition, you know, you don't see that in the NFL. I mean, there's, uh, you know, all these teams that, that you can make, you can make one, uh, with the WWF WWE back in, back in the day, then it's just as tough as it is. Um, you know, trying to make it today, but, um, how did you even begin on this road? What, what was it? Uh, I don't know how old you were or what, what really got you, uh, started on this, on this path? I was in my early twenties and really not until then. I mean, growing up, it wasn't, yeah. uh, oh, no, okay. I, I never watched wrestling. Uh, I thought uh-huh. it was stupid. <laughs> uh, my father said to me one day, Hey, come in. I want to show you something. He had wrestling on. And I said, Oh, come on, pop. That's stupid. And I walked out of the room. Um, and then I got cut from uh, pro football, mm-hmm. um, third round uh, during a tryout. And I said, well, I'm done with this. I don't want to do this anymore. You know what I mean? It's, this is not happening for me. I had a, my baby sister was born. Um, I was brought to my attention that she had Downs. Mm-hmm. And I, le- I didn't even enter into my folks, my parents' home. Um, I was just so distraught. 
So I jumped in my car, drove down the street and broke down. And I said, well, you know what? What are you doing so great with your life? You're healthy. You, you have money. You have your own home, uh, you know, a job. Um, what are you doing so great, dude? And I said, you know what? You need to become a role model for these kids. That's uh-huh. what you need to do. How do you go about doing that? And a former professional fighter, that boxer that knew my dad, uh, I was a uh, marshal at the time, and he was. And he said, hey, you should, you should wrestle. I started laughing. I was like, wow. And he goes, come on, I know some people. So we went to a show, and I walked in the locker room and uh, didn't know anything about it. And next thing you know, I went to the school where they were training people, because that's where Tony Altamar told me to do. Go, You have to come here and learn. I said, okay. So I went there, and you know, I got pulled outside. He goes, hey, listen. He goes, uh, how old are you? So I told him. He goes, yeah, you're kind of old to be, to be starting this. I'm like, okay. And then he says, how much do you weigh? So I said, well, at the time, I think I weighed like 220-something. He goes, mm-hmm. yeah, you're a little light. You need to get yeah. a few, like 10 pounds, you know. Uh, I'm right. like, wow. And I said to myself, well, why am I doing this? Uh, you know what I mean? This guy is just shooting me down. Yeah. So I just went back and trained and ate and uh, had to be better than everybody else, which was everything that I did. And that was it. Six weeks later, you know, I was like walking into TV and um, with Mario Mancini. And I didn't know anybody. I didn't know who Hulk Hogan was. So, I mean, it, that, that was a span of six weeks between uh, hooking up I with Baltimore and, huh? I learned very fast. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible because a lot of guys, you know, before they even got a taste of getting near the WWF, uh, they spent a lot of years in the Indies. Uh, and these are these other organizations, these other, um, you know, um, places. Uh, what was it uh, you think that... Uh, you were able to do that. Well, my, my body, my body was, my body and my looks, um, was definitely the, the niche that got me in without a doubt. Yeah. Um, and you know, so I, I job for, I don't know how many years and I said, you know what, I'm done with this. You know, the hardest thing for me to do is get beat cause I never had to get beat anything I did in my life. Everything mm-hmm. was always a shoot, you know? Yeah. Um, so then I hooked up with, uh, I had hooked up with Fuji prior to that. And he said, listen, come to the events. I'll work with you and, you know, I'll help you out. So I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he took me under his wing and started working a lot with me. I mean, a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to teach me ring psychology, which is so, so important for the move. Oh, yeah. And then I just walked up to him one day and I said, hey, uh, I'm done. He was okay. He goes, I'll see you tomorrow. And I said, no, I'm done. He goes, well, what do you mean? I said, I quit. He goes, no, no, no. What, what are you doing? I said, foods, listen to me. I said, I look better than these guys. I don't like to wrestle. And, and they're just beating me all around, making these guys look good. I said, so, you know, I had enough. I'm not going to do this shit anymore. Uh-huh. So uh, he goes, no, no, no. Let me, let me talk to Caesar, which was Vince. He goes, just come to, the, come to TV tomorrow. I said, okay. So I went to TV and, and uh, things started to happen. He started taking me to shows. Uh, replacing him to go out there with guys. Uh, I wasn't booked, but I started getting paydays and then I got a little bit of a push and at least, you know, you get beat, but you're in house shows, you're making money, you know? Um, so I stayed the course and then, you know, about zinc and, and Martel, they went their separate ways and they put the stallions together. Mm-hmm. 
And so at that point, uh, and that you think about this, it's like such a, it seemed like this happened so quickly for you. Um, and then teaming up with, with Jim, uh, did you kind of grasp it at the time? Because also this was when a lot was, I mean, the, the WWF, WWE was uh, certainly on, on a, a huge meteoric rise at that point. Uh, did you realize it at the time or was it, uh, uh, it seems like you just kind of expected things to happen for you. No, I, I, I never expected anything. Um, <laughs> I, I think um, Jim did. You know, like mm-hmm. I said, hey, listen, you know, he goes, oh, this is a joke, you know, call us the Italian stallions or, you know, whatever. And I went, dude, yeah. just you go with it. If yeah. that's what they want to do, you go with it. And yeah. then they came out with young stallions. Um, and, you know, he admitted to me the things that I said on other, uh, you know, videos. Um, when I went to some autograph shows with him, he said, you were right. And he turned to some fans. He goes, he was right. I should listen to him. He goes, but it's too late now. And I told him, we're just, we're the young stallions, dude. That's all we are. You know, we got to just run with this. Just yeah. we'll do whatever they want us to do and run with it. Um, yeah. He wouldn't stay the course. Um, and I just said, you know what? I can't do this with you, dude. I got a wife, a kid to support. I've had yeah. my job at the time now because I'm, for the most part, on the road enough. Yeah. And uh, so I grabbed Pat with him. And Pat begged me, please don't. You know, I'm the one who put you together. And I said, Pat, I can't do it. I said, hey, I got a wife and kids to support the house. So uh, we broke off. And then I was just floating around, you know, working events and uh, started traveling with Ray. And right. uh, I came up with the idea. So did you and Jim never really get along? I mean, was it uh, always like that? or? I, I think, no, I think we got along in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and then he just went took a downslide, you know, I, I'm, I don't, I don't care if you go out and, and drink and have fun and party and that's all cool. But when it comes to business, it's business, right? You know, and you're working with guys that expect you to take care of them and vice versa. Uh-huh. And I started working entire matches because they were afraid to work with him being a little sloppy, too dangerous, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that's when I said, I can't do this. I'm working right. 20 minutes a night. You're just sitting there making comebacks, you know. Um, that's that's not how it works in this game. Yeah. So I just reached that point. And you said I can't. You know, it's it's not going to happen. Uh, was there yeah, was I there a point? My livelihood. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. It's taking money off your table. I mean, you know, uh, off the table for you in a sense that uh, eventually it's not. You're going to be not getting good spots and. And you guys depended on those house shows then for your livelihood. That's where you made your money. Right. right. Uh, was there, was Mr. T really ever considered that he was going to be the manager for that? I mean, was he going to he was. do that? Or, he was. He was supposed to show up at a pay-per-view and he never showed. Yeah. So was I that kind of like a one, one-off thing? I mean, he was just going to come on and no, do it? No, he was going to actually manage us. He was going to manage yeah. us. He was come out and manage us. Uh, yeah. That was part of the deal. And we got to the show and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. We got Mr. T coming out the band. Just this is really hot, and he never showed, which hurt us. Um, yeah, and that was it. I mean, we didn't for any of those dates, I mean, you must have had dates lined up with them. I mean, <laughs> right? Well, I just know the pay per view. I I wouldn't have known anything else after that. Yeah. Um, but that came and went, you know, faster than you could blink your eyes. Yeah. So, at the time, uh. 
you know, people talk about, you know, we have tag teams certainly today, but nothing like back then. There was as many tag teams, I think, as they had singles, maybe even more. What do you think it was about that era that uh, was just so well-known and so rich with so many good tag teams? It was a quality of workers. I mean, you could use anybody. You could put any two guys together and they can gel because they were all that good. Yeah. And you don't have that now. And we didn't practice like we do now before a show. I mean, we, we've, we've flown in from different parts of the United States. You know, we got to the building an hour before and they said, okay, you're wrestling with this one. Okay. Yeah. And then you go out there and have a, you know, 20 minute match because yeah. you were that good that you could call matches. So, and, and how, uh, what are the ones that really stand out to you? I mean, of course, you know, like demolition heart foundation, but that, that you really, uh, enjoyed working with, uh, top of the line, right off the top has to be the rockers. Really? Yeah. Shawn Michaels, Marty Gennetti, phenomenal to work with, uh, uh-huh. is down with them. Um, then the heart foundation, another great team. Um, Haku, the Islanders, they uh-huh. were really good. Um, but, you know, demolition, not much you could do with them for the most part. It's more psychological, yeah. uh, you know, set the tone. There's people that, you know, weren't really good matchups. Um, the Rougeos, nice guys, but again, you know, not, you could, you could work with them. They could do everything. Yeah. But again, the, you know, rip the house down. Those are the rockers. Well, and also you talk about, you know, answering the bell, literally. I mean, those guys, and we both know the kind of lifestyle they lived back then. And yet everyone you talked to said that when it came down to it for them to be in the ring, uh, it didn't matter what had happened the night before. Uh, was that your experience with those two? Absolutely. Really? They could be, they could be blasted out of their minds drunk. And I'll walk into the gym and I'll see, I'll see, say Marty on the treadmill. And I'll be like, hard night last night. He goes, yeah, man, trying to get it out of my system. <laughs> and he just reeked of alcohol. And I'm like, wow, dude, you got to stop, you know, but get them in the ring. And my God, they take care of you and they can go. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And I, I've heard that, you know, a lot of people talk about the, some of the stories that uh, <laughs> they come in there and uh, that they would just, like you said, bring the house down. Uh, yeah. Let's, you know, we're kind of moving along quickly here, but I want, I did want to get back to um, 89 and, and uh, when it really, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, it sounds like you had a lot to, to making that decision, but also I'm sure like Vince must've seen it as well. Um, were you at that point, like wondering, okay, now what the hell am I going to do? Because I had an opportunity here, but that other person wasn't there to help me do it. Uh, what was your thought process at that point? Uh, I figured a cream would, would rise to the top. Um, I had that conversation with demolition when they came out, one of them came out to me and said something and I, and I said, Oh really? So that's really what you think went down. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I said, we'll see cream would come to the top. So they gave me a push, you know, um, I said, I was booked. I was making money for my family. I was, you know, going and visiting um, cancer hospitals, uh, mm-hmm. St. Jude Foundation, became a spokesperson for them. And yeah. I was doing what I needed to do. That's what I set out to do. Um, and then I just had, you know, 
I was traveling with Ray and, and I started thinking about it. And I said, wow. I said, you know what? So I took off, went down to the office in Stanford, talked to Pat. And I said, Pat, I got this idea. Want to run it by you? So he said, let me run it by Vince. So we walked into TV a few days later and Vince calls in the office. He says, okay, we're going to go with this. And Power and Glory was created. Really? Uh, was it just, what made you think of Ray for this? Because I don't know, were you, were you guys close before that? Or did it take a while for you to get uh, to form I, that bond? Um, well, in the very, very beginning, when I first met Ray was in Australia. And I was tagging with SD Jones. And I uh -huh. almost told the story the other night. And I just didn't want to stay on the microphone. But uh, Ray was sitting down having something to eat. And he looked up at me and SD. And he drew his thumb across his throat. And I was <laughs> like, what's up with that dude? <laughs> that's that's hercules he goes he wants to cut your throat and i'm like why do you want to cut my throat i never did anything to this guy yeah you know and he goes well that's just the way it is i'm like well you know that ain't right <laughs> you know i mean what the hell man i don't even know this guy yeah. but um we we had hooked up in one town and and uh good guys bad guys were not allowed to ride together and right. he knew that i knew that and i said listen man i said you know what just come with me when we get close I'll get out of the car. You get out of the car. I'll bring your stuff in and you just walk in into the building. And that's what we did. So we did that for a while. And that's when I had approached, um, you know, he was dead in the water. They weren't doing anything with him. after a Billy Jack deal. Yeah. You know, they were just, you know, squashing him for the most part. So I told Pat, I said, listen, Ray's dead in the water. I'm dead in the water. I said, so they got to lose. You put us together, power and glory. And, you know, we'll be heels and blah, blah, blah. And, like I said, he ran it by Vince. We went to TV and Vince said, what do you want to be? And we, without missing a beat, it came out of our mouths like we practiced it. And we both uh -huh. did heels. And that uh -huh. was it. Um, uh -huh. Yeah. And we went out and beat up good guys. Um, and people cheered us. Uh -huh. And then he put us with some other guys, better baby faces or more, you know, uh, pronounced baby faces, more popular and we beat the hell out of them and they cheered us. And Vince goes, okay, what are we gonna do? This isn't working. So yeah. then he threw Slick in the mix with us. Yeah. And it, you know, that kind of sort of worked, not really. So that's when the big angle set up in, in the spectrum where I went out, you know, Bravo, you know, beat me. And then I got up, I blamed the rockers and Ray came to my rescue and it took off after that, we were heels. Yeah. So, I mean, it, 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 this seems like it had another great union and, uh, yet it, it, it you, you never seem to peak on it. You never seem to, to really just get over the, the top with it and, uh, you know, get the belts or how, whatever, however it was going to work. Why do you think that ha didn't happen? Well, we, we beat the heart foundation, uh, for the belts in Nassau Coliseum. Yeah. And the, the place erupted. Yeah. And, and I turned to Ray and we, you know, with the belts in our hands. And I said, my God, did you hear that? And then yeah. they disqualified us because we cheated and they took the belts mm -hmm. away. Yeah. I said, dude, we are over. Are you kidding me? We beat the hearts and they cheered us. Yeah. And he goes, Paul, listen to me. We will never see those belts again. Yeah. And I said, what are you talking about, dude? We're over. He goes, exactly. We'll never see those belts again. 
and we uh, never did. And, and explain that though. Why? 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 It, it, I mean, it, it, you had all the makings. Uh, why not? Why wouldn't they? I don't know. The only thing I could attribute it to is ego. Huh. Vince's ego. You know, never expected it to take off the way it did. He didn't think of it. I don't know. Uh, oh. it, that's a question. That's a question for him. You yeah. know, I never asked him. Um, here's what it's too late now. Days are gone. Yeah. What was that relationship like with him over the years uh, that you did spend around him? Um, I got along with him really well. Uh, picked his brain endless, yeah. endless yeah. times. Uh, try to understand his way of thinking and, and so on. And there was something that I didn't think would work. And I watched it and I went, holy cow, it worked, you mm. know? And then, yeah. you know, you're like, oh, this is what we're going to do. And I was like, yeah, there's no way. And it worked. And okay. I was like, wow, this guy is good. He's good. So I took it all in. And I use that now at my wrestling school and at my shows with my angles yeah. and storylines. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I wanted to back up a little bit because you were talking about, you know, that you were on the stage the other night. And, uh, folks, uh, it, w- one of the reasons that uh, Paul was up in New England was they uh, inducted uh, Ray Hernandez into the New England Hall of, uh, Wrest- Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, it was really wonderful to see his wife and his kids and, uh, you know, the, the, the rest of the family that all were gathered there. Uh, I imagine o- over those years, you got a chance to, to know them. And what do you think it meant to that family for Ray to be honored? Um, I, well, I don't think there's a word for it. Yeah. I know that his wife said to me, this meant more to her than if he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, that spoke volume, you know. So, um, yeah, it was... It was it was beautiful. It, it deserves it. Yeah. When you think that he was really, when he, he was really so young, uh, when we lost him and, uh, you know, I think back, he was one of the nicest guys that uh, I ever worked with in the WWF WWE. And, uh, you're certainly a lot closer to him than I was, but, uh, just, just, uh, when, it, when, when, uh, you got past that, that mountain, that barrier there, man, he was, he really was just such a great guy. Yeah. Um, and it's, again, it's funny because, you know, he said to me one day, he goes, you know, people just don't understand you, man. <laughs> you know, he goes, if they would just, you know, see who you really are, they'd love you. And I said, Ray, if they don't have the time to get to know me, I don't have time for them. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. You know, I said, yeah, I said, all that matters is that, you know, it's all that matters. That's it. Yeah. And the people that take the time to get to know me, they get it. They get me. So uh, again, I'm not here to please everybody. I'm not, you know, uh, him and I had a purpose and we didn't, I, I think it could have been a lot better. Um, I think we could have helped a lot more kids. But the ones that we touched, um, you know, changed their lives. It was very rewarding. And, was that always uh, something that was in your mind, Paul, when you were uh, doing this? Because uh, you mentioned when, before you even did it, you wanted to be a role model. Was that always kind of a, a part of the driving force? It was. 
that was the force, oh, you know, really? um, I had to find somebody that was equal to me and he was, mm-hmm. and, um, that's why we got along so well, you know, he's got what, six kids. Um, you know, and I, again, like I said, in that interview, it was every time he went home, he's coming back to me going, Hey, I'm having another kid. I'm like, we got to stop going home. <laughs> you got too many kids, man. Just got to stop. I got to find a place for you. You know, yeah. um, and, you know, we joked about it, but again, uh, love kids. It made it my life so much easier. Um, I strived on doing things better. I worked on, you know, jumping higher and, and, uh, I started pressing people in my head and agents told me to stop doing that. That's Ray's job. And so Ray asked me, he goes, well, what they say to you? I said, they don't want me pressing people in my head. They said, that's up to you. And he's like, screw them, man. You just keep doing it. And I'm like, nah, it's fine. It's no big dude. You do it. You know, it's yeah. fine. But, uh, you know, he looked out for me. I looked out for him. Um, we love each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I told everybody, it's better in a, any marriage that's out there. I mean, all those years we were together and we had one fight. That's pretty good. Yeah. Hey, can't uh, argue that for sure. Uh, yeah. it, it, it seemed like, uh, you know, things just didn't happen the way that, uh, I mean, here you guys go to WrestleMania seven facing Legion of doom, which is a gigantic match. And you've got a bad elbow that you can barely even, I, I don't know. couldn't even raise your arm. I don't know, but you, uh, you don't seem to look back on that and say, God, bad luck or what? I don't know how you look back on that, but God, you're here on one of the biggest stages of your career. And then that happens. Yeah. I mean, it happens, you know, uh, call it what you will. You know, Ray retore his groin the night before, uh, Mm. he could, he couldn't walk. He could actually jog, um, which made it easier for him than to walk. Uh, and so that's what we said, well, let's get a, like a slow jog out to the ring. Um, mm-hmm. and Vince had all the other matches going longer because he knew that we could basically do a minute and we had, we were done. Yeah. So that's what we did. You know, he said, I need you guys. I need you out there. And we're like, fine. You know? And he says, just give me a minute. All I need is a minute out of you. And we're like, fine, we'll do that. And that's what we <laughs> did. We had a hot start. They threw Ray out of the ring. They put me on his shoulders. They beat me. Mm. You know, <laughs> again, no regrets, man. I, I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. It, it was par for the course. I'd have done it to me, too, if I was in charge. You need that. You know, you need it. So it wasn't 20 minutes long, which it would have been. But couldn't get it done. So you know what? You got to do what you, what you can. At least we went out there. Nowadays, they wouldn't. They cry over a hangnail. Yeah. Well, the last, uh, I think the last uh, time you guys, I think it was SummerSlam 91 as a team. Um, yep. Uh, did you know at that time it was, it was uh, going to be pretty much it for the, for the team or, or what was going on at that time? No, I, I knew it was pretty much for the team um, when Ray and I were in France. Mm-hmm. And um, they had split us up. Yeah. And I went over to Pat Patterson. I say, hey, Pat, what's going on, man? He goes, no, nothing. Why? What's going on? I said, well, you're splitting me and Ray up. He goes, ah, oh, that's nothing. I said, no, you're splitting us up. You're beating my big guy. You beat my big uh-huh. guy. We have no team. Uh-huh. He goes, no, 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 listen, man. We're going to take care of you. And I said, take care of me. I said, what about Ray? Oh, mm-hmm. he'll be okay. I said, what do you mean he'll be okay? No, no, no. This will work out. I said, listen, you know what? I ain't working out shit. 
I said, I'm done. He goes, what? I said, I'm done. I quit. Oh, come on. Look at, look at, you know, you're going to go home tomorrow. You know, just think about it. I said, Pat's nothing to think about. I'm done. So I, that was it. But unbeknown to me, they went to Ray and they told Ray a different story. They basically told Ray that I was stiffing him. <laughs> and I didn't know that for probably quite some time. And really? Ray usually, you know, yeah, Ray, Ray confided in me. We, we talked about everything. There was nothing that, you know, no stone would turn. Um, so I was down in Florida and, and I said, dude, what's wrong with you, man? He goes, nothing. I said, uh, listen, I know you. I've known you too long. Something's yeah. on your mind. You need to let it go. So he told me, I said, Ray, really? You actually believed them? They worked you? You believed them? So I told him what really went down. And he uh -huh. grabbed me and hugged me. And he started telling me he's sorry. I said, you never have to be sorry with me, man. I said, they, they just wanted to do what they wanted to do. They wanted to break us up. And this is how it went down. Um, yeah. And that's really what went down. And I then actually, before I got to Florida, I went over to uh, Vince's office and, and uh, I sat down. Vince always let me in his office. I go to the, I go down to the office and, you know, Hey, I like to see Vince or I like to, you know, I just go in and see the, you know, whoever was there, Freddie Blassie, you know, at the time. Yeah. And I talked to everybody. Um, so I sat down with Vince and, and basically told him that, you know, I almost lost my arm for you. I said, Power and Gloria was the greatest team you ever had, and you did nothing with them. And he started getting mad, you know, oh, I did so much for you guys. I said, you didn't do shit for us, <laughs> you know. And then I said, now, I said, we, we worked hurt every day for you. Our guys back then, everybody worked hurt. I said, and, and I said, now they get a hangnail and, and they take a week off. I said, that's how much they care about your business. I said, we cared about your business, man. I said, and you didn't do shit for us. And he swelled up. He was like, Wah. he started to blow up. I said, man, you better sit the fuck down before I knock you out. <laughs> Don't be jumping up like you're going to do something to me because you're not. And I plan on coming back. So, you know what? I said what I had to say. You know, I don't kiss people's asses hoping that Vince rings my phone like these other guys do. You know, they're always trying to sweet talk and say this, that, and the other thing. Be men. Be who you really are. Don't kiss someone's ass. Like my father said, you don't kiss anybody's ass. You can always make money. And I never forgot that. Hmm. So, and and so when, 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 yeah, when was that? Was that, was that in 90, before you went to WCW? Yeah, yeah. And then I uh, went partners in uh, Gold's Gym. And um, I was doing that with the understanding I wasn't going to go back to wrestling, which I had uh -huh. no plans. Right. And I was just laying in bed watching TV and wrestling came on and I went, damn, man, that's where I belong. You know, I don't belong yeah. at a gym. I belong there. So, I so how long was that span of time though, from that conversation with Vince to you laying in bed going, you know what? I got to get back into this. How long were you out? Had to be a couple of years. Really? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I guess I it was a 91, so. right? Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be a couple of years. And, then WCW called me at my gym and uh, I forgot who it was I spoke to. And he basically said, uh, Hey, listen, we're going to bring you in. I said, Oh, that's great. It was, uh, yeah, we're going to make you a horseman. I said, Oh, wonderful. <laughs> he says, uh, this is what we're going to pay you. And I was like, okay. He goes, I don't think you understand. And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, we're going to bring you in as a horseman. And I said, okay, I understand. And we're going to pay you this. And I said, yeah, I understand. He goes, you're okay with that? And I went, yeah. He goes, <laughs> okay. 
You well, were you, were you well, not excited the, enough? I mean, what was? The, <laughs> no, no, the pay was low. Well, was uh, you okay. know when you're when you're going to be a horseman, you got to figure. You know, you're looking for X, right? Or at least yeah. you're going to negotiate, right? Sure. Well, right. they what they told me was they're going to bring me in like once or twice a month, uh-huh. and just film, and they're going to uh-huh. pay me X. Uh-huh. Well, the way I looked at it was, if you're going to make me a horseman, and you're going to rekindle this. That means I'm going to be working a lot. Yeah. So I just did basically did the math and said, well, if I do this times this, it gives me this. I'm good with it. Uh Well, that's exactly what transpired. So I went in and did, you know, they flew me into Atlanta. I did a couple of TVs, you know, for filming. Then it was, hey, you know, we need you back here. We're going to do some more. Okay. And then it was, hey, can you go to this, you know, event? I'm sure. Then it was, hey, can you go to that event? Sure. Then it was, you know, you're booked, you know, 10 times a month. Now you're booked 20 times a month. It was Mm -hmm. exactly what I thought. Right. And that's exactly what went down. So, yeah, I was ahead of the curve. Yeah. And uh, had you worked with with Flair and and Anderson before? Had you worked much with the arm? Um, I worked uh, a match against Flair. Um, like way back, scenes, I believe it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, um, it was funny, actually. It was, it was, uh, you know, I told him to call the match and he said, no, you call it. And I said, no, sir, you're the veteran. You call it. He goes, nope, I'm going to stay here until you call it. I said, well, I'm not going to call it. <laughs> he goes, well, we're not going to move. I said, well, then we're going to stay here all night. He goes, okay. And we literally stayed there and I went, okay, I give up. You broke me. I'll call a spot. So I did. So, yeah. Was it a good match? Yeah, I mean it was it was easy, you know. I can't pro. imagine it wouldn't be with uh, with Rick, but yeah, yeah, it was easy. So yeah, so I mean the, the we all know the the Horseman. I mean that's you know legendary. Uh, do you does it uh, bother you that the the whole thing with the you know the four Horsemen with with JJ and the you know with the people that they say represent the Horsemen, but you were you were part of that team. Yeah, but I never fed in with them. Huh? You know, I mean, no. Uh, you know, put a guy, put a guy in a tuxedo, you know, and then you know, send them down to the Bowery with with guys that are, you know, uh, dock workers, and you know, say, hey, he's going to work the docks with you. Well, they're not going to yeah. accept them. Yeah, that's kind of the way it was. You know, huh. um, so no regrets. So that experience with WCW, was it a positive one for you? I mean, uh, that was a, a big time. I mean, it, it certainly grew to be an incredible period of time with the WCW. Uh, what was that experience like for you overall? Um, it was good. It was good. You know, I mean, uh, I got to tag team with Orndorff, another phenomenal gentleman. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I broke into the WWF. You know, I see this guy and I was like, wow, that guy's got a great body. This guy uh-huh. stays in shape. I admire that, you know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when he approached me and said, hey, would you tag with me? And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Said, well, okay. I think you're going to put us together. I was like, beautiful. He thanked me for, uh, you know, uh, resurrecting his, uh, his run. Yeah. And I thanked him because, you know, he was a veteran and he accepted me for who I was. And he got it. He understood. And so, so did you, did you become close with him? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
think anybody, anytime anybody, you know, uh, like in their home, um, you become close with them. They don't just let anybody in, especially wrestlers. Mm. Well, I mean, along the way, though, it seems like uh, you you did form some really uh, close relationships, which uh, you would expect. But are the but it was more than that. It seems with with people like uh, with Ray and and uh, uh, you know these other guys that that that, that influenced you along the way. Uh, how much of an impact did that have on your life, and 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 also just being able to survive in that world? Um. It took me a while to understand that world. Mm. I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, because you like you started late ever. and you yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, it, people couldn't fathom, you know, comprehend what you know the way that that worked, the way that world was. Yeah. Um, you know, if it wasn't for Fuji smartening me up, I mean, you couldn't trust anybody. Uh-huh. You know, if I if I handed Ray, if I handed SD Jones, if I handed Orndorff or Fuji any money. And mm-hmm. told them to hold it while I went in the ring. When I came back, I'd get that same amount of money back. Yeah. Whereas, you know, hand it somebody else, they're like, "Oh, what? What money? You know, it's gone." Yeah. yeah. Um, and those were the, you know, chosen few. I got along with Andre the Giant, who was a perfect gentleman to me, um, who Fuji introduced me to, and we just hit it off. Yeah. So, you know, listen, I was fortunate. Um, you either respected me or you feared me. But either one was good. Uh, either one uh, I was good with. And, th- and that's okay. Uh, you know what I mean? That's all right. Nothing wrong with that. And so those, those uh, I guess, pretty much, what, three years with, with WCW, uh, at, at the end of that run there, were you uh, pretty much done with professional wrestling? Did you think that you were going to go on and do these other things with, you know, uh, catch uh, wrestling, the, where the CWA, and uh, you did some other things with, you know. Well, w- I, I called catch up. I called them up in Germany, uh-huh. and um, they they wanted me to move out there for six months. And I said no. I said you want to fly me in, I'll work for you, and you fly me back. And they said ah, we're not interested. I said okay, uh-huh. you got my number. Well, two days later they called me back, and uh-huh. I said okay, we're going to do this. They made me European champ. Um, once I lost the belt in Europe, I got on a plane on my way home as the plane landed. I said, you know what? I had enough. I said, I'm going to get off. I'm going to wake up one morning and my life's going to be over. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is not going to happen. So I walked away and I disappeared. Uh, wow. That was it. Yeah. Then I opened up a wrestling school. <laughs> yeah. What, what made that happen? Did you, like, did, I just did. I just decided. This, I said, I got these talents. Um, I have the attitude, um, you know, no nonsense attitude. And so I did open it up. That was it. Yeah. And, I just and, and was that, when did that, when did that open? Well, how long has it been around? Well, now this school PAPW has been open for two years, a little over two years. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, and we're doing well. They have yeah. a great group and of how, guys. So, yeah. So how do you how does how do you spend your time now? Lisa? is it uh, the, is the school that take a, that much of your time, or, or or are you traveling a lot? Do you do still do independence? You do some spot shows here. What are you doing? Um, well, I um, I sell um, IT. Where I'm an IT um, provider, uh-huh. um, so that's what I do. I, I'm in sales. That's what I do, uh-huh. and um, you know, 
the deal that we cut with the casino, they want me to wrestle. So I dabble in it just a little bit, but it's not for me. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm done with it. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't miss it. <laughs> you know, I'm doing it because it's part of the deal. I get, we get the company in, our guys get to wrestle. Uh, everybody's happy. So it works yeah. out. Now, do you do many of those? Do you go to any of these shows? You, uh, or how many times a year you might go? Because uh, you must enjoy running into some of these people, though. That, and I, and I've uh, gotten the chance to meet a lot of them too. It's just kind of blows me away that just how much of an impact that period, and uh, you know, the people that were involved in that golden era, as we call it, had on their lives. Well, I, I think I I miss that. Say that again. I said, do you get out to these shows? I mean, you were in in New England, and then uh, have you been kind of uh, kind of taken aback by when you meet these fans, these people that were just so much, you know, uh, just love that era, that uh, professional wrestling, and how much of an impact it had on their lives, and when they meet you, it's uh, you know an incredible experience for them. Yeah, you know, it's weird. Um, because I, I, I don't know, I've always separated myself from it. So, you know, that was one of the things Fuji taught me. He goes, when you leave the ring, you're no longer Paul Roma. And, uh, he goes, you got to learn to do that. And I said, okay, I could do that. And that's what I did. So, you know, unless somebody brings it up, I don't pay it no mind. I think back and I went, wow, I really did this. You know, my, my daughter will watch me and I look and, and I'm just like, okay, you know, um, but yeah, you know, it's weird. It's really strange because I just, I'm not that guy. I just, I don't go around saying, look at me. You know, I used to wrestle, right. but, you know, but do you also understand though, why they, it took me a while to understand. It, and I was a, a very small player in this gigantic, uh, you know, wave of, uh, of what happened during that period of time. But, you know, they identify you guys, you superstars, they, these kids, these guys were, you know, young kids between, you know, 10, 30, you know, young teens that just loved it. So it brings back tremendous memories for them. And it's, and it's, I don't think it's ever been duplicated. So do you get, do you get it in that sense? I do. I yeah. do. And, and it never will be. We wrote a monster tsunami. Yeah. Yeah, you know, back in I, I was fortunate to to fall into that era where yeah. you know it was the greatest time ever for professional wrestling. Um, I got to you know experience WrestleManias and Survivors and SummerSlams and all that other good stuff. Um, but again, you know, I had a mission, mm-hmm. and the mission was to become popular enough so that when you walk into these hospitals and you see these kids. You could, you have an impact on their life. You could change their life. You could talk to them to listen to you. And yeah. I continue to do that, you know, today at a, obviously a different level, but I yeah. still do it today. Uh, that's tremendous. Well, Paul, I know we've even taken more time than, uh, than you expected, but I really, really appreciate you uh, taking the time out. Uh, you are, you are one of the superstars that, uh, you know, like I said, fought for everything that you uh, got in that uh, that that period of time, and found great success. And and it's great that you, uh, you know, really value that period of time. And and you've also gone on and, and lived the life that uh, you've wanted to. So it's it's pretty awesome. So thanks so much for coming on. Well, listen, I I, I thank you for having me. 
um, let me know, you know, you ever want to chat again. Um, I want to also tell you, and I'm not just saying this, that it was a pleasure knowing you, still knowing you, but knowing you then. You're always a gentleman. You were, um, you were just that guy, man. You're, you're a guy that people liked, and, and that's a rarity that you find, especially in the wrestling business. You know, someone always had quarters. And, you know, uh, you were, uh, you always showed uh, respect to everybody, and, and that's a beautiful thing. That's number one on my chart, respect. So, um, yeah, I thank you too for being a part of life. Yeah, and Paul, I don't know. Uh, I know you've got a lot going on. You you support a lot of causes. Um, some people listening may want to get in touch with you. Do you have an email, or do you? How do? You, how, how can people reach you? Um, well, my number is. No, no, no! Don't give me your phone that. number. Because <laughs> that I have to tell you well, a quick story. It's all over I my did. wrestling schools. Oh, okay. All right, good. Give give me oh, that. Yeah, it's out there. It's I got to tell you a funny website. quick story. No, I got to tell you a quick story that uh, we did an interview with Coco. And I said, how can people get in touch with you? And Coco gave his personal number. I, di- I didn't think he would, you know, I just thought he was giving a number. And he was just <laughs> inundated. And he calls me a couple of days later. He's like, Sean, you got to take that off. I'm like, Coco, I told you. That. <laughs> so anyway, if you got a number that uh, you can you can give us, please do. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, I'll give it to you now. 203-767-8879. Yeah. That's how people right. get in touch with me. They need something. Uh, awesome. That's fantastic. All right, Paul, you take care. And I, I, I uh, hope I see you down the road, but it was an, it was awesome to run into you. You too. Thank you. One thing you have to say about Paul Roma uh, from that conversation, you know that despite whatever road he traveled, the, the successes and, and the tough times, he, he did it his way. Uh, <laughs> there's no question about that. Uh, folks, and uh, tell you what, we've got uh, more great conversations on the way here on Prime Time with Sean Mooney. Uh, before we check out here, though, I want to remind you once again, uh, get in touch with us on social media. It's pretty easy. Uh, all you have to do is go to our Facebook page, uh, Prime Time with Sean Mooney. Also, you can reach us on Twitter or Instagram at Primetime Mooney, at Primetime Mooney. And, uh, of course, you can check out our YouTube channel. And that is, all you have to do is go to primetimemooney.com. It takes you directly there. And there's a real good reason you should go there. As I mentioned uh, before the conversation with Paul, we've got the super, superstar autograph giveaway taking place. And you can get started right now. All you have to do is go there, subscribe, right? All you need to do is go there, you subscribe, and then uh, pick your favorite episode that's on there or a clip. And then go to your Facebook or your Twitter and uh, let us know and use the hashtag, hashtag PTSM, right? I've got some tremendous on my, uh, my great travels here. I picked up some pictures and I'm including them in this giveaway. Uh, Ted DiBiase, Demolition, Repo Man, Coco Beware, Jimmy Hart, Tatanka, Mr. X, and Danny Davis. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to pick five random uh, people to win these, to win these pictures, five, five of you are going to get uh, one of these pictures. And the best part about it is you are the one who picks the autograph, whichever one you want out of that group that I just mentioned. Okay. So get to it. I will announce the winner next week. All right. So you got a week, but uh, get to it as soon as you can. All righty. Come on, check out the tease. 
we got some great teas. All you got to do is mooneytees.com, mooneytees.com. We got the Sean Mooney Who t-shirts there, and then uh, also the Moon Nation, uh, my personal favorite, uh, the Golden Age of Wrestling t-shirts up there. So check it out. And next week, we've got another great conversation on the way. And I want to thank our sponsor this week, SeatGeek. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Be sure and tune in next time. I'm Sean Mooney, and I'm out. The world of NLW Radio never stops.